evening, guys. I'm glad that y'all could find your way back here uh, to good old Revive Ministries again tonight. Uh, tonight is the big uh, unveiling of what God has in order for us to happen. And um, under Joshua, the entrepreneur, the first entrepreneur, God really laid this on my heart um, a while back whenever I was really getting into Joshua and reading what he was doing in his book. And believe me, we're going to get there. Trust me. Just stick with me a little bit longer. We're setting up the stage this uh, this live video, and um, we're going to set up a stage for what's going to happen whenever he finally gets the reins and he finally becomes a um, the leader of his of his uh, destiny. So the first thing that we talked about last week with uh, Brother Michael was a few different things. Um, and I'm just going to get y'all up to speed real quick because I want to get a good foundation of what Joshua was about, about his humble beginnings and um, what exactly he went through. And we're going to stay in Exodus until the end of this uh, life group. And then we're going to move on to our boy Joshua, the book itself, and really dig in. So um, just a couple of notes on Moses and a couple of notes on Joshua. We kind of compared and contrast, right? So we said Moses was more of a CEO. He kind of dug into the people that he had given to him. He was giving a failing company, obviously, whenever he pulled the Israelites out of uh Egypt, they were definitely a failing company, um, and God gave him that. So um, then Moses expanded his company laterally in Exodus 18, whenever his father-in-law said, hey, uh, why don't you stop working from sunup to sundown and start giving more responsibility to elders? And uh, then Aaron and her kind of took over, and um, a lot more other judges, if you will, uh, came in and started to um, take that role of C CFO or uh, COO, if you want to say it, um, CIO or EIEIO, whatever you want to call it. But uh, that's that's whenever he really started to grow laterally. As we know, businesses can grow um, laterally, or it can or it can grow out the base, which means it's, it, it brings out the services that it has and the, and the um, opportunities that it has. Laterally means it's built, putting layers in between work and basically the CEO because there's just too much and uh, they can't do it all. I mean, especially with 60,000 people, um, I, I can tell you that would have been a bad, long day. We're even working on Sundays even though uh, not supposed to, but that's kind of where we were at with Moses. He was, he saw some, a spark in a young kid's eyes named Joshua. Um, he's, uh, cares about others very, very much. Um, until finally, uh, he dealt with bad morale in Exodus 16. And they said, we'd rather have bowls of meat and build clay bricks all day long than put up with you. He dealt with uh, a bad business culture, which is a, a huge thing in the business world because, as you know, um, being professionals yourself, there are two different, basically, storefronts uh, for each business. 
the storefront is the service that you provide is one of them and then the storefront number two is the way that your employees feel about each other and how they feel about their company that's business culture so um whenever we dig into that that's really key number one because there's people out there that are making bricks clay bricks that are so much more happier making building clay bricks at minimum wage than somebody that's out there and um you know uh awesome uh building companies and stuff like that making multi-millions and it comes down to the culture that's the key word the culture in that uh, company or that business that really is the way that it feels right um so that's what i say whenever i mean culture of course this is the business side of it god really had his hand in there he really um he wanted to save his people on the spiritual side god wanted to bring his children out and put give them into the land of milk and honey and he wanted nothing but good for the israelites which is an amazing thing and i thank god every day that he did that uh not only for the story that he told but for the fact that he literally these are people that were going to be got other people who were going to be got other people who finally would come down into where jesus was finally born and then all y'all know that's a wrap after that that's salvation and uh jesus doing his thing which is what i i love to talk about the most um we got to think about this also um joshua was an entrepreneur joshua was uh, moses's intern as we saw in exodus 24 it said he was his aide he basically got his coffee um then we go to exodus 17 and it discusses how he was competitive in a bull market <laughs> well, that's to say the least. He was battling the Amalekites, and he was uh, winning and losing by the raise and fall of Moses' hands, uh, which was a huge, awesome battle for him. That's where he really got his his start, and Aaron and her were holding up his, uh, Moses' arms up on the mountaintop, and Joshua was down in the, in the trenches making it happen, just gritting his teeth and either win or lose draw. It was totally up to uh, how Moses and God decided for that day to come. So as we enter into the um, this lesson that I want to talk about today, I was getting you caught up. Man, God really unveiled some stuff to me. I was, I was really reading this and studying this. So please, please follow along as much as you can uh, in this quick video. I'm not going to bend your ear for too long, but I really want to drive home what he was telling me. And uh, let's go into prayer real quick, and uh, and I'd love to discuss this further with you. Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you today to thank you so much for this beautiful day. I thank you so much for the opportunity to serve you. I thank you so much for allowing us to read the Bible that your many of our ancestors have held holy, and many of our ancestors have brought uh to us in order for us to survive and, and you to survive on this world, God. I thank you so much for all that you've done in the past, and I thank you so much for taking these stories of the past and pushing us into the future, into a future that's greater and a future that's better and a future that's that's going to transform and create a new environment digitally 
for uh, this entire United States, God. I thank you for all you're going to do and all you will do, God. Please, Lord, come into this message right now. I ask you to come into each one of these homes that are watching, God. And I ask you to come into each one of our lives and stay there, God. And if there is anybody out there that doesn't know you, God, I ask that by the end of this lesson, you would you would wrap them up so tightly and show them as much love that they would message and, and ask for me to help them or somebody around them to help them to get to know you. As you know, this is ultimately your... Uh, your end goal, and I thank you so much for that, and your love, and your dedication, God, and in Jesus Christ, most holiest name I pray, amen. Okay. <sighs> Bang. That's not, they're not my sponsor yet. Uh, if any of y'all know anybody that knows somebody about Bang, love their product, but no, I'm just joking. Okay, so here we are. We're going into Exodus 32. Um, and there's three different stages that are set up here, right? One is the stage where uh, Moses has be been up on the mountain. It's been a, quite a long time. He's been given instruction on how to make Aaron a priest along with... Uh, laundry list of things to do from God, right? He's talking directly with God. He's the CEO, which is what every single CEO absolutely has to do if they want to their business survive or they want to glorify God. Talk to him daily. Every organization CEO needs to talk to them daily. Now talk to God daily, not just thank you God for what you're doing. Thank you God for how you're going to do it. Amen. No, you need to get to the nitty gritty and in while he's up on the mountain, and I'm not going to go over it, he goes. God goes into such detail as to how to make his tabernacle, and how to make each one of these linens that Aaron and his sons are going to wear while he is up there um, keeping the light post lit, which is what his God has given Aaron's um, kind of. I guess he's going to make him the main priest. He's going to give him his responsibility, right? Him and his sons. Moses is up there. He doesn't even have an iPad or a recorder at this time. And yet there's so many freaking details in here. It's insane. He, he get, gets the down to how many cubits. He gets how many um, feet, how many everything, how many posts. It's insane, the amount of detail. Moses was a man of detail, and so is God. God is a man of detail that he wants to know down to each last hair of what's in you and what's part of you and um god because he made it and he wants to see what it turns into and he has a clear precise vision for you and your future the future of your organization as well he has a specific place in mind for where your organization has to go and you need to every single time you get down on your hands and knees to pray you need to be just like moses and this is my, this is the lesson that i had to teach myself to today I need to be like Moses, and I need to take that pen and paper, and I need to write down every single detail, because we can miss it, just like that. As soon as I stand up from praying and I get a clear vision from God, I get a text, I get um, a ton of different things that are going to hit me left and right, and all of a sudden I've lost vision on what God has set me to, out to do. So 
lesson number one that we've learned from our CEO, Moses, today, take notes because God has a clear vision for you and for me, and he has to have it be done. Okay, so that's number one. Uh, Moses is up on the mountain. He's sitting there learning from God, seeing what's going on from God. And um, and then we got our boy, Joshua, his aide. He took him up there on this mountain, and he kind of left him almost at probably at the halfway mark, I'm guessing. I don't know. But Joshua at this time, he's just kind of doing what he does. He's practicing. He's doing crunches, whatever action heroes do. Um, and, you know, he's doing some bicep curls, really getting into shape, getting ready to, to take on this next kingdom that he's going to be taking on. As you know, this is after his first battle. So he's got his mindset in that. Um, and then, of course, you've heard of many, 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 many um, sermons about this. Aaron's down. He's given a little bit of freedom from Moses. He's taking care of Israel, and they say he's been up there for a long time. Israel says that, and Aaron tells him to build a dadgum calf full of uh, gold. So that's where the story is set up. That's exactly what's happening, and I kind of want to go through this story with you because you got to realize at this time there's three things happening and really what God has showed me on this thing. So, um, let's kick off the story. All right. All right, let's start out with Aaron. Aaron, it's um, Exodus 32, 2 through 4. And Aaron said unto them, Break off the golden earrings which are in the ears of our wives, of our sons, and of our daughters, and bring them unto me, and all the people break off the golden earrings which their ears, and brought them unto Aaron. And he received them at their hand, and fashioned it with a graving tool. After he had made it in a molten calf, and they said, These by thy gods, O Israel, which brought thee up out of the land of Egypt. Egypt. Boy, boy, boy. So we're back to Israel, the bad culture, the bad business culture that it's at. They're already turning on Moses again. Um, but what's very weird is Aaron was there at the after the right after the burning bush, way, way back in the day. He's been in this organization for many years, and he turns on a dime. He's been the loyal one throughout all these years. So that's why I was like, God, why is all this happening? Why why would Aaron switch just just that quick? He's human, yeah, but he's he's got skin in the game. He was up there, and when I, seeing in this last battle, he saw that what God could do. If you just lift up Moses' hands, nations fall because God is behind those hands, right? So what really got to me was why he turned so quickly. But get this. This is what's happening up on on the mountain with um, Moses at that time. And and it kind of – it's a big story that connects right here, right now. And I hope you're ready to hear and listen. Okay? All right. This is up on the mountain 
with Moses. He's in the middle, God is in the middle of explaining. He's past the tabernacle. He's past uh, the the awesome war wardrobe that Aaron's going to get to wear, basically a superhero cape with all these awesome things. And we're on to how he's going to make Aaron the priest. And listen, this is what gets me. And fasten caps on them. He's in the middle of talking about the wardrobe. Then tie sashes on Aaron and his sons. The priesthood is theirs by a lasting ordinance. Then you shall ordain Aaron and his sons. Bring the bull to the front of the tent of the meeting, and Aaron and his sons shall lay their hands on its head. Slaughter it in the Lord's presence at the presence of the tent of meeting. Take some of the bull's blood and put it on the horns of the altar with your finger and pour out the rest of it at the base of the altar. Then take all the fat of the internal organs, the long lobe of the liver, and both kidneys at the fat on which to burn. Burn them on the altar, but burn the bull's flesh and its hide and its intestines outside the camp. It is a sin offering. So, just go quickly, quickly back, quickly back to this other one. What did he do? Had them made it a molten calf. He received them and made it a molten calf. So he burned all the gold, right? Is that not odd to you? Aaron is down on the bottom of the mountain. Moses is up on the top of the mountain. And they're both talking and dealing with the same thing, right? A calf, a bull. They're both in the same realm of things. They're both burning down and creating a new way. One is extremely one way. One is extremely to make God happy. And one is on the exact opposite realm of making God upset, right? Even later on, he tells Moses, get down there because I'm about to kill them all. I'm pretty sure I've, I've heard that a few times from my parents. All right? But listen, Aaron had... If you don't believe that when things happen in heaven, it doesn't transpire down on earth, you are dead wrong. Aaron had this feeling in his gut. He had this feeling in his, his body, his soul, something radiating. I need to burn something and I need to turn it into a calf. I need to make a God happy this way. And that's exactly where we come into play every single time. This is how we mess it up every single time. There's things happening in heaven. He's about to give us priesthood. He's about to bless the socks off of you. And then we're down here on earth and we're getting an inkling of what's going on. And we start to mess it up without even getting the vision. Moses is about the clear defined vision. Aaron just has a quick whim and he's off and on it. How many times have I messed up God's destiny because I jumped the gun? That's a painful, painful realization that I had to understand whenever I was reading this. God has things and works, and you can feel it in your spirit. But those things and works, have they take time, and they have to be done the exact right way for it to work, the exact right way that God wants it to work. He has such an... God has such an amazing mind and an amazing presence that we can feel it whenever he's moving in the heavens right down here on earth. And if that's what he feels, just an inkling, he gets an inkling down on the bottom of the mountain while God's on the top of the mountain, imagine 
the huge things that he has planned for you. And we can already feel it. He moves a finger, we can feel it because he's so great. When he moves a finger, he makes Katrina, that type of thing, right? I'm not saying negatively. I'm saying he moves a finger and things happen. I don't want to ever, ever fail God because of my lack of planning. That's me. I'm thinking I'm going to make God so happy, and that's just all of our thinking. I'm going to make God so happy by using my worldly point of view to move, move his kingdom forward. That's the opposite way. That's the opposite way that God is really showing us right now. He wants to use the he- heavenly view to move your world forward. And I thank God for that every day. That's, that's, that's number two right there. So we, we're, this, the second point that I want to bring up is God has a plan. He's already moving. And we have to listen to it. The distinct, exact thing that he's bringing up, we have to listen to. Right? Number three. And you were like, I thought this was about Joshua. And it is. Okay. I want to, the most powerful, one of the most powerful, most powerful um, scriptures that I've read. And, it, and I've read this, I've heard of Exodus numerous times, and I don't know why I haven't ever read this scripture, but this is a new banner right here. And if I don't know what it is, then this is, this is Revive Ministries' new banner right here. Okay. If you, if you're into tattoos, this is, this is the next one we're going to, we're getting. All right. When Joshua heard the noise, I'm going to bring I'm bringing you back one scripture, but I'm giving you Moses' reply. This is what Joshua on Exodus 32:17 through 18. Moses has gotten the tablets. He's headed down. He's he's ready to. He's got his vision. He's got his plan. He's got God's exact direction on what he wants to do. And meets back up with Joshua halfway down. You know. Same old scene that you've seen in many other action movies. They're walking away from a job well done. You know what I mean? And then all of a sudden, Joshua, with his distinct ears, and here's what he says. Exodus 32, 17 through 18. This is NIV. When Joshua heard the noise of the people shouting, he said to Moses, there is the sound of war in the camp. That's the young buck. That's the new. He just came off of a victory. And he said, that's the sound of war. I've heard that before. He said, but Moses replied, it is not the sound of victory. It is not the sound of defeat. It is the sound of singing that I hear. You see, Moses was, in that last battle, Moses was a bystander. He, was in, he had skin in the game, but he wasn't in the battle. There's a lot of times you got to realize war, which is the exact word that Joshua uses here. War has a smell. It has a sound. It has a, a, a different aroma in the air. It has a different culture in the air. It, it's got a whole, it's got a, it's like 4D. It's a whole nother dimension that war has. 
and and Joshua had just gotten his first taste of it. Joshua knew what his victory was in the past. He felt that, right? And and so he said, that's the sound of war in the camp. You see, Moses didn't understand it because he was a bystander in that last battle. Moses replied, it's not the sound of victory. It's not the sound of defeat. It's the sound of singing that I hear. Joshua understands that singing is the sound of victory and the sound of defeat in any battle. Right? Joshua heard war while Moses, the CEO, heard singing. That's how we have to tune our ears. We have to tune our ears because we've seen battle in the past. We know what what mankind is capable of. We know what mankind can do to another person. But we also know what God can do to another person. See, as we we want to as we walk around, we have to make the sound of war in order to survive this the spiritual battle that we're in. It may be singing in other sounds. It may be songs and it it may be just the clapping of the hands, but whenever we get out there and we get to our local church or we get out there and we're we're listening to that Christian music in our workplace, that we're not we're not pushing out a song by no means. We're pushing out war. We're battling against an unknown enemy that is already trying to come against us. But guess what? But guess what? When God gets involved, there's no other win that you can have. I want to talk to you about this win. As you get to winning in an organization or you get to winning in your in your um, your field or you get to winning in a in a situation, you tend to get a tint over your eyes, a film, a residue, if you will, some kind of, uh, and you can ask my wife earlier, I had this, my eye was red because I had a contact that was like bundled up in the corner of it, right? That's what I get. My, I have one eye open, the other one squinting, and I can't really see because I've seen victory in my last battle. And I tend to see things around me shaping up the way that I think that it should be in order for me to get this victory, right? But we have to have a fresh renewing of God's vision every day. You know why you don't hear Yahoo anymore? You don't hear about Yahoo anymore? That company didn't get a fresh renewing of, of vision every day. We hear Google every every single day. It's become a verb. That's almost what companies don't want because people will start using Xerox. That's another example. It became a a verb. I'm going to Xerox it over to you. Let me just go Google it. Even though I'm not necessarily using Google, I'm going to, it's me checking it. Siri probably uses Google. I don't know. But I'm trying to tell you, companies fail by using their last victories as a vision. They have to reopen their eyes every single day and see, just take a step back and really look at it, really examine what God has put there and then 
transform it into what he specifically designed it to be. You see, Joshua is still fighting the war in the past, and Moses had enough foreknowledge to say, but they're just singing. I want to encourage you today, to and, and, and Heather, if there's anybody that's, that's out there that has any replies or any any uh, anything, um, let me know. There's not. We're good. We do. I'm confused. We're good. Um, if there's anybody out there that needs a prayer, a war, I'm here. I, I, I we have to have this sense of a purpose, the sense of uh, love about us to fight a war for others. But I want to encourage you to take off in this next upcoming week, take off that those sunglasses of, of victory that you've been wearing and, and get a fresh vision from God of what he wants you to do. We're all walking in victory. When, a win is going to happen no matter what. God's already guaranteed that. It happened whenever he rose the third day. Jesus rose the third day. He showed the whole entire world. And there's no other way that we're going to win besides through him. But I want you to take and stop examining the wins in the past, but start examining the war in the future in a clear, fresh vision. Um, I appreciate you all discussing this with me. I've, I'm going to uh, record this. And um, I'm going to give you a link. The reason I didn't uh, publish anything about the podcast is because I didn't want to send a, a mixed uh, message as to, okay, am I supposed to get on the podcast? Am I supposed to go live? So moving forward, we're just going to give it live, and then and then we'll submit the podcast afterwards. That way, whenever you're rolling rolling down the the road, you can listen to it or, or however, whenever. But uh, I want to take you. I want to thank you for taking this second to to really dig into Joshua. And I believe that next, the next life group that we have is going to be even better because we get to examine the one thing that we know Joshua for, and that's his, his fortitude. Uh, he's going to talk about uh, the promised land and how we can take them. So uh, please join us next time. And I'd like to just leave with a prayer. And um, if again, if there's anything, Heather's going to yell at me and let me know. And um, I appreciate y'all taking this time with me and God. And I hope that y'all got something out of it. Okay? Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you today and I ask for a crisp vision. The clearest vision of what you want for my future, for Revive Ministries, God, for their future, God. For whoever is out there right now listening and trying to figure out what's going to happen next. God, you know what's going to happen next. You're already working above. You're moving hands. You're moving the environment, God. And I ask that we would stay still and, and pull it in and get a clear, precise vision of what you want from you, directly from you. Nobody else directly from you, God. I ask that you would take away any other filters that are there, God. And I ask that you would just... Bless us, Lord. I ask if there's anybody out there that doesn't know you, I ask that they would come to know you right now at this exact moment, God. And I'm going to do this this prayer, and if they need you, God, I ask that they would pray with me. And dear Heavenly Father, I come to you today to ask you to come into my life.
Dear Heavenly Father, I know that you are God of my life and I want you to be. Dear Heavenly Father, I confess all of my sins and I want you, I want to lay it at the cross. Lord, I want to dedicate my life to you. Lord, I want to be with you and I want you to be with me. And Jesus Christ, most holiest name I pray, amen. If you had enough nerve to pray that,